mindfulness mode. You know, there's the calmness of being mindful. And then at the other end of the spectrum is that inner bully. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford. So good to have you with us today. And again, I feel like you're right here and I'm just having a conversation with you. Today, our conversation, as you can see from the three words, if you, if you saw this, it's calm your rage. Do you experience sudden outbursts of anger that happen when you least expect it? Have you noticed that you feel extremely angry towards certain people or certain types of people? Maybe there's somebody in your life that gets under your skin and yet there just doesn't seem to be any rational reason for it. Well, maybe you have just little bits or little glimpses of anger at various times in your life that have popped up and you've kind of wondered about them. Well, well, this is the case with me. You know, there have been points in my life where there have been some examples of unexplained anger. And I was a teacher for a long time, so I would notice lots of different personality traits in my students. Sometimes fellow teachers would say things that would kind of irritate me, or there would be personality traits, and I'd wonder why I'd feel so much irritation as a result of, you know, one of those personality traits or as a result of a comment or something like that. Well, the word rage never really came to mind when I thought about my reaction to certain situations. But now that I've learned more about the conscious and subconscious mind and how our minds work, I realize, well, there is sometimes a level of rage that was gurgling or bubbling just below the surface. Certain personalities or specific words or phrases would potentially cause that gurgling rage to erupt. Sometimes the eruption was minor and nobody else would even be aware of it. Sometimes I would do or say something that, well, it was just out of place. And I'd kind of wonder myself, I think, why did that happen? Why did I say that thing? Or why did I do such and such in, in response to that? Now, I realized that what triggered my rage was something related to probably to an early trauma in my life. So when I say trauma, I want to be clear that an event that was traumatizing to me may seem like a nothing event to you. I used to think that all traumas were events like, you know, a car accident, a house fire, sexual abuse, a robbery. Well, a quick online search tells us that in general, trauma can be defined as a psychological, emotional response to an event or an experience that is deeply distressing. So, you know, your definition of deeply distressing may be different from mine, of course. Another definition says that trauma is the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. And there's that word distressing again. It goes on to say, experiencing a traumatic event can harm a person's sense of safety, sense of self, and ability to regulate emotions and navigate relationships. Long after the traumatic event occurs, people with trauma can often feel shame, helplessness, powerlessness, and intense fear. You may have experienced trauma and don't even realize it. 
For some, well, trauma could be just a very simple, you know, what appears to be something that is very simple. For some, it could be much more intense. I mean, let's face it, there are abductions, terrible invasions of privacy, sexual abuse, violent attacks, all kinds of awful things happen to people in the world. Some of it is remembered, some of it isn't. Or maybe a trauma that happened to you was just something very simple. Somebody said something at a certain time in your life when you were very much... um, open to be influenced. You know what I mean? You were, you were just very influential. Well, generally speaking, our subconscious mind has the ability to remember and categorize vast amounts of information, including incidents, words spoken to us, even smells, sounds, images, sensations, and emotions. Only a minuscule amount of this information makes it to the, to the conscious mind. So much of it we are not able to recall. It just seems to be lost forever. Even though it seems to be lost, though, sometimes this information comes out in dreams. Sometimes it's triggered by certain random things that might surprise you. Maybe a brief musical phrase from a song, a certain aroma, or the face of an innocent stranger that may be in your subconscious mind reminds you of somebody. Some people who experience terrible traumas are unable to remember them at all, or maybe they just remember random bits and pieces. Traumatic events are usually not remembered sequentially with a beginning, middle, and end. If anything is remembered, usually it's short, abbreviated chunks that show up as memory flashes. Some people are bewildered at what these apparently isolated memories are all about. A lot of people are confused when these memory flashes trigger anger and rage that they didn't even know was there beneath the surface. All of a sudden you're exploding at someone or you're ranting and raving about something. Maybe you hear yourself screaming and yelling at someone and it almost feels like you're witnessing another person doing the shouting. Somehow you know it's you, but you feel completely out of control. So what is this out of control behavior all about? The answer is, it varies with all of us. It's almost always about anger and rage that was triggered by something. Our minds are so complex, even though we've learned a lot about how the brain works, we're still learning and there's so much more to understand. Fortunately, we do have a basic understanding of the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. That's where hypnosis comes in. In the past, hypnosis was used to induce dreams, which were then analyzed to get to the root of whatever was disturbing the patient. There are many references to trance and hypnosis in early writings. I mean, back in 2600 B.C., The father of Chinese medicine, Wang Tai, wrote about techniques that involved incantations and passes of the hands. Today, we realize that this was a form of hypnosis. The scientific history of hypnosis began in the latter part of the 18th century. I mean, the the type of hypnosis that we recognize today. And this was with a man named Franz Mesmer. He was a German physician who used hypnosis in the treatment of patients in Vienna and Paris. 
Mesmer had the mistaken belief that hypnosis made use of an occult force, which he called animal magnetism. He believed that force flowed through the hypnotist into the subject. Mesmer's work was discredited by scientists of the day, but his method continued to interest doctors and medical practitioners because they'd seen how it could work on their patients. In fact, it was so effective that his, his method became, well, it became quite well known and it became known as mesmerism after well, Frank Mesmer. A number of clinicians made use of mesmerism without fully understanding its nature until the middle of the 19th century. And then at that time, in the 1840s, 1850s, hypnosis was used by a Scottish surgeon named James Braid. And he believed the subject being hypnotized was in a particular state of sleep or a trance. He coined the terms hypnotism and hypnosis after the Greek god of sleep, which was hypnos. We now know that hypnotism is not sleep, but James Braid thought it was closely related to sleep. Later during the 1880s, hypnosis attracted more widespread scientific interest, and Sigmund Freud, and you probably know he was an Austrian doctor, he was impressed by how well hypnosis could work as a therapeutic method to deal with neurotic disorders. So he used hypnosis to help people recall events that they had apparently forgotten. And after that, Freud started to do more work in the area of free association with less focus on hypnosis. Later, during World Wars I and II, hypnosis was used as therapy to help soldiers who had experienced war-related traumas. One aspect of hypnosis that a lot of people don't realize is that the person being hypnotized has to be willing and cooperative and that he or she has to trust the person doing the hypnosis. The client needs to be relaxed and comfortable and, like I said, trusting. So the hypnosis happens when the hypnotist suggests things in a calm and quiet voice and then the subject will continue to become more and more relaxed. And it's this suggestion that causes the subject to enter the state of hypnosis. So like I said, a person will be more responsive to hypnosis when he or she believes that he can be hypnotized and he believes that the hypnotist is competent and trustworthy. So it's also important for the subject to have a goal in mind, a desire to change a mindset or to change a way of thinking or to let go of a particular behavior like a habit or other repetitive behavior. So hypnosis is typically direct and simple with straightforward direct understanding that might in fact be a little childlike. Surprising achievements have been made through hypnosis and my clients over and over have been amazed at what they have been able to accomplish through this process and, and often in only a few sessions. One of my clients just finished her sessions and she sent me this audio clip telling you about her success with hypnosis. So, so listen to this clip. Hi, my name is Danielle Janens. I've struggled with my inner bully, low self-esteem and lack of self-worth for years. My relationships with family members have always been difficult and I've gone long periods of time without speaking with them. 
Since I've had the honor to work with Bruce Langford on hypnotherapy, my life has changed for the better. I've been able to establish more boundaries in my relationships, which has allowed me to renew a connection I've not had in a long time with my family. I'm able to talk with them without constant confrontations and tensions, and we are now able to communicate on a weekly basis. I've also developed a sense of calmness that has been missing from my life. Now my battle with negative self-talk has eased significantly, and I feel more freedom to do things I enjoy without the constant burden of emotional stress. Hypnotherapy has also helped me to develop more interest in socialization, and I am better able to give more time to myself. So once you are ready to do the work, I would really recommend this program to anybody who wants to improve their life and give themselves the gift of having more peace and confidence. Bruce has made all the difference in my life, and I know he can for you as well. I'm so grateful to my client, Danielle. Thanks, Danielle, if you're listening. I appreciate your words so much. So when you learn about hypnosis, you start to hear the word suggestibility. And suggestibility is a state where you will respond to suggestions and be receptive to ideas put forward by the hypnotist. And if you've seen hypnosis done on stage or on TV, you might know that that hypnosis can be used to do unusual things, you know, like make the subject appear deaf or blind or paralyzed, to say very strange things, or even maybe to make them impervious to pain. As a hypnotist who uses hypnosis to help people with anxiety or let go of certain behaviors, I'm obviously not after the same results as a stage hypnotist. That's done for entertainment, as I'm sure you would realize. An interesting thing about hypnosis is that instructions and suggestions can affect later behaviors of the subject. A friend of mine was hypnotized and it was suggested while he was hypnotized that he would want to drink glasses and glasses of ice water. And as a result, he found himself craving ice water day after day. And this was something that had not been part of his life at all before he was hypnotized. So he was very amazed and, and totally sold on, on the power of hypnosis. The fact that hypnosis can help you get to the root of your anger, your pain, and your rage, as I mentioned in the title of today's episode, well, that's what is making hypnosis more and more mainstream. More and more people are realizing that, that it's powerful and that it works. You may have heard of someone who successfully went to a hypnotist to quit smoking or to lose weight. And the, the results are effective 95 to 98% of the time. And positive results are usually related to how much the subject wants to change and how trusting they are of the person doing the hypnosis. And I've certainly seen this to be true. My most trusting clients and my clients who have the greatest desire to change their behaviors have been very successful. If you're hoping to lessen your anxiety and stress, Hypnosis is a great tool. If you'd like to become more calm, more content in your life, and as I say on, on the show, reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness, then hypnosis is an effective tool that is quicker than a lot of other methods, and, and it's certainly a lot more inexpensive as well. 
I've mentioned before that I personally have used hypnosis to lose weight and keep it off. I used self-hypnosis. And self-hypnosis is something that I love to teach my clients that have come to me for regular hypnosis. If I, if I teach you self-hypnosis, you can go right on experiencing the benefits of hypnosis long after our sessions have ended. So I personally do self-hypnosis every day, and I find that it has a powerful effect to help me feel calm and confident and in control of my thoughts. It's an effective way to calm any anger and rage that could be rearing its ugly head just, just below the surface of my conscious thoughts. So don't get me wrong, I don't consider myself a person who is filled with rage, but I do have some anger down there like, like a lot of us do. It's becoming more and more tamed as a result of the hypnosis sessions that I've had from my hypnotist and also, like I said, as a result of self-hypnosis. If you stop to think about it, do you have any anger that you haven't dealt with? Do you notice that you've, you know, felt you know, felt that kind of turmoil going on in your mind, especially when you stop and, and maybe you're, you're not busy doing something or you, you kind of are able to take a little pause and then are you hearing that inner voice? Or are you often critical of others or critical of certain things in your own life? Maybe... For example, maybe loud noises or certain kinds of music or, or even particular colors might rub you the wrong way. And, you know, certain things can be something that can really affect you sometimes and, and you find you're being so critical. When we allow our critical self to become more and more agitated, it actually affects our opinion of ourself. And I know in my case, it results in me being more self-critical. You know, it just can spiral so that before long, I'm, you know, thinking negative thoughts about myself. And it goes back to that inner bully that we often talk about on the show. You know, there's the calmness of being mindful. And then at the other end of the spectrum is that inner bully. And it can cause us all kinds of pain and turmoil. It can turn us against ourselves. It can just cause so much negativity. That inner bully can wield a nasty kind of power over an otherwise calm and reasonable person. Before long, you're wondering why you're feeling so angry, so miserable, and so full of rage. In our society, we've come to a place where we want instant solutions. We want to order food and have it delivered immediately. We want quick results. We want instant gratification. If we don't feel right, we'd like to take a pill and have that problem immediately resolved. Well, we all know that drugs and medication have their place, that's for sure. But have you noticed the long list of side effects that are included in commercials for meds? I'm sure you have. I don't know about you, but as much as possible, I'd like to avoid any chance that I'm going to be experiencing those side effects. And sure, you might not experience all of them. I'm sure you wouldn't. But even if you experience one or two, that side effect can throw you off and before long you're experiencing other challenges. Hypnosis is a way of letting go of that inner bully. And in fact, the side effects are quite rare because through hypnosis, well, you see, 
you, of course, could revisit some upsetting events. And so then it's understandable that you could experience a level of distress, you know, from that experience. And maybe as a result of that, you could maybe have a headache or or something if you're prone to that. But like I said, the side effects of hypnosis are, are quite rare. Hypnosis is a way of doing the inner work you need to do but you are actually fast-tracking toward a beneficial result. And you know on the show I talk about the benefits of journaling, of exercising, of experiencing nature, of meditating. You know, all these practices are valuable and beneficial to our human experience, but hypnosis is something that complements all these activities and helps you achieve results faster than you might otherwise have done. Well, I sincerely hope that you are not suffering through terrible rage and anger. But even if you are experiencing like limited amounts of this, I certainly hope you can move forward toward a better life. And the fact is, I believe you can. A life where your anger is under control. A life where you are enjoying the results of your hard work and your accomplishments. I just want to thank you so much for listening today to this episode about calming your rage. You can do it. It's possible. Just first thing is believe. It's it's really possible. And I have to tell you, it's great to sit here and share this with you just as if you were sitting right here in the room next to me and we're having a, a conversation about this. And I, I thank you sincerely. Have a great rest of your day. All the best to you. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks again for listening today. If you are experiencing anxiety or way too much stress, if you're having problems with your inner bully, Try becoming more active. Try some of the things that we've talked about on this episode. But try being aware of anger and rage if it's going on in your your mind. And most of us, I think, have a certain amount of anger, whether you consider it rage or not, I don't know. But notice it. Just be aware of it. And if you're being derailed by your inner bully, reach out to me and we can talk about how I can help you through hypnosis. Let's set up a time to talk about how hypnosis can change your life for the better. And I will tell you that my schedule is almost completely full. I have an opening for one client. Reach out to me. Maybe that one client can be you or maybe you will go on our waiting list. I can get you on my list and we can start work a little later on. I will use hypnosis to deal head on with what's holding you back in your life. And I can also, like I said, teach you to use self-hypnosis as a tool. So you're going to be able to use that on a continuing basis for years to come. So jump on a free Zoom call with me. Let's get it set up by sending me an email at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Put rage in the subject line and then I'll know that you heard this episode. And uh, well, do it now. Make it happen. 
you know, don't put it on that list in your back burner, you know, the that back burner list. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll do it sometime. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it next week. You know what? You deserve to move forward. You deserve to be more content in your life, to have a sense of calm. It's really something that you have to take action on and you have to believe that, hey, this can help me. And it really can, just like it's helped Danielle, who you heard if you listen to this whole episode, it can help you too. So send that email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com, put rage in the subject line, and you know, let's have a conversation about whether this is right for you. So have a great week, and remember, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.